Welcome to another episode of Channel with a Plan, the podcast, a podcast providing career advice and easy actual steps for frustrated professionals, helping you overcome career challenges so you can stop feeling confused and defeated and start feeling focused and confident in order to excel in your career. And I'm your host, Max Chan. If you are a professional looking for your next job opportunity or want some career guidance to help you get to the next level, then join my private Facebook group where I post daily content focusing on helping you succeed in your job search and grow your career. I will leave a link in the show notes for you to click and request to join or you can search up my Facebook group and join that way, Career Advice with Chant with a Plan. Some of us may believe that burnout is temporary where if you go on vacation for a couple weeks, you'll come back refreshed and ready to go. However, that is usually only a temporary fix. If not managed effectively, it could destroy both your mental and physical health. And with that, I want to lead into the story that I want to share with you today in this episode, as I have a guest where her career burnout got so bad that she ended up landing in the ER. And her experience in the ER led her to reevaluate her career choices, resulting in her leaving the agency life and officially launched her consultancy in the fall of 2020 named The Good Advice Company, a marketing and communications consultancy that coaches agencies, brands, and C-suite leaders on global messaging strategies, brand positioning, and thought leadership. Now let's get into my discussion with Elizabeth on going from extreme stress and burnout to business owner. Hey, Elizabeth. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. It's nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. And the reason why I reached out to you is you have an interesting story. A lot of people talk about burnout and mental health is fairly big right now. So yours burnout was really drastic or dramatic where you actually end up going to the ER. But we're going to dive into that a bit later. But why don't we talk more about like, I guess maybe the year or two before you got to that point. Yeah. Well, first off, let me introduce myself a little bit. So my name's Elizabeth Rosenberg, and I'm the CEO and founder of The Good Advice Company. Uh, I'm a marketing consultant, and uh, I work with brands and C-suite leaders on brand positioning, value proposition, and also a lot more on kind of personal branding, thought leadership, and finding your purpose. I find that to be really important, and that kind of, we'll, we'll get into that, but my burnout led to me having my own company. My story itself is pretty dramatic. So I was working for a global advertising agency with some very well-known brands that probably most of us have in our homes. And I loved my job. I think that there's this misnomer that um, you can really only burn out if you hate what you're doing or if you're working too much or, and that's just so not the case. I mean, I was definitely working too much, but I loved, loved, loved my job. I was just unbelievably stressed out. There was an event that happened at work that kind of pushed me over the edge. Everything as a PR person, I think you want everything to go according to plan and nothing ever goes according to plan. So it was one of those days that everything kind of went wonky and all didn't go according to plan. And I started to get a migraine. I've had migraines since I was four, so it wasn't anything totally shocking to me. But this migraine was different. I mean, within 20 minutes, I was like, you guys, I got to go home. Sorry, not feeling great. Drove myself home. 
And as I was driving home, I pulled over on the side of the freeway to throw up, really was starting to not feel great. And as I was kind of on my way to get off the freeway, my tongue started to go numb and I started to not be able to talk. And I had called my mom hysterically crying because that's what you do when you're in your mid thirties and you don't know what else to do. You call your mom and she's screaming at me. You have to pull over. I'm going to call an ambulance. You need to go to the hospital. Well, I ended up making my, getting my way to the hospital, which is right off the freeway entrance. And when I got there, I had lost all motor skills. Couldn't really use my hands. Couldn't really, I, I could kind of walk a little bit, got into the emergency room, collapsed on the floor. They're screaming at me. What, what'd you do? What'd you do? They thought that I had either drug overdosed or was having a stroke. I ended up strapped to a gurney, was put in the back where they started doing tests on me. And I wasn't able to tell them my name. I wasn't able to tell them what was wrong with me. I wasn't able to tell them anything. So um, apparently my mom had called my dad. My dad had arrived, kind of helped identify me. <laughs> and about two hours later, they kind of walked in. I had gone into shock. They walked in and they're like, we don't know what's wrong with you. Your blood is coming back fine. You you're not having a stroke. And I finally had calmed down enough to tell them that I was having a migraine. I still really did not have my motor skills back. It was a lot of slurring. And they were like, oh, they gave me some heavy duty migraine medicine. I ended up sleeping for about two hours. And then two hours later, I was given my keys back and told to go home and hope I felt better. I got home. I had hundreds of emails. I had dozens of text messages. And instead of just putting it all away and not dealing with it until morning, I um, jumped back into work. And the next morning I woke up and realized that um, something was drastically wrong. So I went on this kind of really aggressive wellness journey. I, of course, thought I was having a, you know, I had a brain tumor or something because clearly something else had to have been wrong with me. So after weeks of external testing, um, everybody came back and told me that I was stressed out and that I had burned out. And then you go through a lot of guilt of, oh my God, I can't believe that I did that to myself, that I caused myself to get to a place that was so dire. So the last few years have been a huge kind of wake up call, um, a huge change in my life. But as you said, there's so many people experiencing this right now. My only hope is that they hear this and they feel like they're not alone because it is so common and everything presents so differently for different people. So you said this migrant happened because of event at work. So was it no buildup? It just randomly occurred? I mean, I've, again, I've always had migraines. So that one just randomly occurred that day. I didn't really think anything of it. What I've learned now is that there's kind of four quadrants that we need to be listening to your physical, mental, spiritual, and emotional self. And there are signs in all of these things all of the time, whether it's for your personal life or your professional life. Um, we just choose often to not listen to them because we are go, go, going, right? We're, we're just, we are so set in our ways of how we do things that some of the signs can be screaming at you and you ignore them just to kind of trudge through. So I had had signs kind of like literally like red alarms around me. <laughs> for probably months. Um, everything from, you know, I think being depressed and not loving what I was doing, even though I did love what I was doing, or just being exhausted, 
not sleeping well. I mean, there's, you know, there's little things that just like, kind of like pop up all the time that we just think is our everyday normal and we ignore. Yeah. Like, it's one of those things like, oh, it's just a small thing. And then over time, you got that one thing that just hits you. And then that's when you realize, okay, I, I've been doing this to myself for like many months. And I didn't notice. A hundred percent. And that's the thing that I think I I keep hearing from other people. I mean, I read a story on CNN this morning about this woman who, same thing, hit burnout and she ended up having hearing loss. And it's kind of like the thing about burnout is that oftentimes you can get to a point where it's too late. So I talk a lot about not necessarily combating burnout, but dealing with burnout and how to utilize that experience as a jump off point for what the rest of your life is going to look like. So what are signs of burnout? Again, it's different for everyone. I think the telltale signs are, I hate my job. I'm miserable. I don't like doing this. I don't want to go to work. I just don't like any of it. I think another sign is, and by the way, I say that even though I loved my job, which is kind of tricky and weird. I know that's kind of a, that doesn't make much sense. I think, again, not sleeping is a huge one. Um, Not being able to like kind of turn off I think, you know, the typical stuff, and this is the problem with the pandemic, is that what pandemic stress looked like, not sleeping, gaining weight, drinking more, depression, all of those things that we have kind of like all kind of just assumed are part of our everyday lives now since we're, we've been in this for two years are very similar signs to burnout. It's hard to tell the difference between the two in my mind. So in a way, the common consequences of COVID in a way, is a common signs of burnout. Kind of. I mean, honestly, yeah. I mean, it's like, and I don't mean, you know, having COVID in sense of being sick and losing your sense of smell and taste and kind of all of that stuff. I mean, just living with the world as the state of it is in kind of constant stress and flux. We're not, we don't have like a normal routine right now. And the stress around that is very similar to the stress that you have in burnout. The thing that's interesting about burnout right now is that so many people are talking about it and it's becoming normalized, which I think is both really positive for employees, but also terrifying that so many people have experienced it. So the next day after you came out of the ER, like, so what, what mm-hmm. was the transition plan for- when you realize, okay, uh, there's something really wrong. I think it's time for me to like, what made you want to go from burned out, going to ER, realizing that I need to change my ways. And then you starting your business. Okay. So there was kind of a few years in there. So that's the other thing too, is that mine has definitely been like a long journey. And I am so impressed with so many people right now who have the privilege and also have the bravery to quit their jobs and to leap and to try something new and to follow their passions and all of that stuff, because not everybody can do that. So if you can props to you, because it's, it's the start of something amazing. If you're doing something you love, it it makes it a lot easier. So I got home, you know, from the ER and went back to work and I blamed me working too hard on burnout. And this is the other thing I want to stress too, is that I feel like I caused my burnout myself. I did not have bosses that were screaming at me that I wasn't doing enough, that I wasn't trying enough, that I wasn't doing, you know, that that I wasn't, I wasn't performing. A lot of people that burn out, instead of like working at a 10, they're working at a 12. One of the things my coach has always said to me was like, your, your six is a regular person's 10, work at a six, 
Why are you working at a tent? You're just gonna like, this is too much. This, this is ridiculous. So I had a lot of internal um, push to myself to work harder, to do better, to, to do things that probably weren't even part of my job description, just to look like I was being unbelievably successful. So I always recommend to everybody, like do what you can and do what you need to. Don't do all of the things that are above and beyond if you're at a point where your body is struggling and you're mentally struggling and emotionally struggling. So I ended up going into this like really intense wellness journey. I did quit my job. I got a new job. My new job was the same role at just a different agency. And in all honesty, it was, I had a different mindset coming in. I had different goals coming in. I was very specific about asking for what I needed in terms of my mental and physical health and in terms of the support that I needed, both from my boss and from my team. So that was, that was clear. And the best thing about right now is that employees have the opportunity to negotiate. No other time have we been able to walk into a job interview or a negotiation for a job that we've been offered and to actually negotiate what we need. And employers are willing to give it. So I, my first, like always ask up front, this is, I, I need this time. I need, you know, these resources, et cetera. But on March 2nd of 2020, I quit that job and became my own boss, which comes with its whole other <laughs> bevy of, you know, pros and cons. I have to be so much more careful about burning out now without the help and safety net of kind of a corporate environment offering resources, but also giving me feedback of, I think you need to take a break. When it comes to corporate and starting a business, there are stresses for both, right? So corporate- totally. Yeah, like you, you want to do good work and want to get promoted. So you tend to overwork yourself to like impress the bosses and all that. But then on the other side, as a business owner, like your business is living and breathing in a way where you have to spend a lot of time with it uh, in order for it to grow. And you don't have a safety net as well. So if you, you have that uh, fear that if you don't work on the business, then it'll, it will, you'll fall behind, right? So how, how do you balance the uh, overworking from your career at the agencies to your own business? Yeah. I mean, I think with your own business, it's, it's so different because you can't really go on vacation, right? It's like <laughs> time is money. And especially if you're a freelancer or you're a solopreneur, when you're not working, you're not getting paid. So there's the stress around that. But the best advice that I give any entrepreneur is like, know what you know and know what you don't know. So, and also like invest in people who can help you do the things that you don't know how to do. So you can be taking that time to be making money, knowing what you know how to do. So I, the very first thing I say is I'll always make sure you set up your company properly. Make sure you work with a lawyer to do that. Like the best thing you can ever invest in is a great contract bookkeeper. If you are not a money person, find a trusted and get a referral, but find a trusted person to chase those invoices and to do your taxes and like all of that stuff. Like this, the amount of stress that that can bring upon yourself, if you don't know how to do it is just not worth it. And the last thing is like, <laughs> even as a marketer, I think social media is so hard and it is such a time suck. And it's something that like some people are really, really great at. And some people just like, aren't, I have a partner that I, um, have enlisted to help me with my social media calendar and my content. And just because I'm a 
great at helping other people think about that storytelling and of that, of that other big, you know, their big branding platform. But when it comes to the everyday posting, not my strong suit. So know what you know and know what you don't know because what you know gets you paid. I think that's a good point because a lot of uh, business owners, when they start off, they want to do everything themselves, which leads to the overworking and burnout. But I think in order to be a successful business owner, you have to delegate and hire the right people to take things that you don't know off your plate so you can focus on what you're good at. Totally. And I think the other thing too is that like, as a business owner, you have the opportunity to say no. So no is the most powerful word that you can use in business. And you know those red flags before somebody even signs up as a client or as a partner. So I think really listening to your intuition on that is unbelievably important. My coach, whose name is Greg Sales, who I just adore and has literally gotten me through different executive phases in my career. He always said, you can't dance with the yeses if your dance card is full of no's. So if you've got a bunch of clients that are red flags, you're not making room for the ones who are the yeses who are actually going to be amazing partners and great clients. You made a good point. So as a business owner, you can say no to yes, depending on what type of clients that you'd be working with. But when you're mm -hmm. working with somebody else working at a company, people find it harder to say no. It, it goes back to that equation where like, it, the more money that you're getting paid, the harder it is for you to say no, right? It, it's kind of like that, that dangling carrot. So how can someone who's working in, in a corporate environment uh, say no to their boss or executives to, to ensure that they don't get overworked and maintain that work-life balance that they want? I think uh, work-life balance is not possible. I know that it is a thing that people talk about all the time. And if the pandemic has proven us to us anything, it is that balance doesn't exist. So I don't love that phrase. I don't know if there's a phrase that I actually love in terms of like <laughs> work-life balance, but I'm working on that. But in terms of like corporate life, the reality is like we need to be so much more upfront with our bosses on how much we can actually get done. So one of the things that I used to do with my bosses at the beginning of the week, I'd create the list of to-dos. And honestly, as especially as a PR person where issues and, and crises are coming on a regular basis, your list is blown up every day. But let's say I have 30 things on the list. And I would say to him, look, there's eight that I can get done this week. These are the eight that I think I can get done. Do you have a different eight that you'd like me to be focusing on? So it takes a lot for people to actually learn how to manage up and have that communication with your boss of, the reality is this, this is how many hours there are in a day. This is how much I can get done. And this is, these are the outside issues that are affecting how my work is getting done. Not your personal stuff, other work things. You know, we have, we have a lot going on. I mean, in terms of people not necessarily making it to meetings on time. I mean, if you're in any kind of, you know, CPG company, supply chain issues, I mean, you're running into things on a daily basis that like we have no control over. <laughs> So like you need to have a little grace that we're only we're doing the best that we can. I think that's a good point you made in terms of like having that tracker that you uh, speak with your manager on because managers like they're busy with their other stuff or, uh, with their own like projects so they might not be aware of your workload. So if you visually show it to them then they can understand like oh, okay she is or he is actually that busy. Oh, I think transparency is key and status is the best way to be transparent. The, I know these are all the things I need to do. And I know these are the things that I can get done. Yeah, absolutely. Like, they're not malicious. If you have a good relationship with your manager and they're panicking, mm -hmm. oh, I need this done, they, they might 
have your name at the top of mind, right? And that's a good thing. But yeah. you also want to be upfront with your manager and say, hey, uh, I'm happy to do this for you, but I do have all these other tasks. Would you want me to reprioritize for this task, right? So again, it's about transparency and communication that like you said. Exactly. And I mean, honestly, I found that to be my my best tool, not only as a team leader and as an executive, but also for my team to be able to manage up to me too. So you work on your business for, you said you started in 2020, right? I did. Yes. Hard time to start a business. <laughs> Exciting time to start a business. Did you say you started in March of 2020? I quit my job in March of 2020. I was officially done with my job in April of 2020. And then, I mean, when I quit my job, my plan was like travel Europe and like take the entire year off and all of these years of stress will just come, you know, melting away when you are living your best life in Bali. That clearly did not happen. And I kind of had to, you know, I pivot a little bit and started taking clients in May of 2020. Oh, so you always had the intention to quit to start your own business. Yeah. But you didn't have COVID into account because did you quit like when COVID was just starting or were they already locked down uh, where you live right now? No, it had just, it was only really kind of a thing in um, Asia. We locked down two weeks later. All right. So you had all these ideas about traveling and then coming back and starting your business and then COVID. Yeah. Hit. So and you started taking clients. So how, again, like what was your mindset? Because like, you have no safety net now because uh, you don't have the corporate job anymore. And then this virus comes. Were you panicking? It's like, okay, like, what should I do? Like everything's locked down. I, you know, this is where I think the investment of a coach is super helpful because it really helped me like not panic. Cause yes, I was fully panicking and having that outside source to be like, it's going to be fine. This is what your plan was anyway. You weren't going to work until you know, for a few months, like you don't have to work. It'll be fine. And I also, you know, really, I want to stress, like I came to this conclusion and this choice to quit my job from a place of privilege. I had saved money. I had, I'd kind of had this plan of, of really in my forties wanting to take time off and to kind of just live the life that I hadn't been living. Cause I'd been so caught up in a corporate setting for so long. But yes, I mean, at every point there are stressors because I'd had another agency about 10 years earlier and I did a lot of things wrong in terms of how I set up my business and that kind of stuff. So being in lockdown actually allowed me the opportunity to set this business up properly, to talk to all the right people. I also am at a point in my career where I had a different network. So when I kind of like put out the APB that I was ready to take business, I had a line of people who were wanting to talk to me, but I did kind of, I, I went back into issues that I had had before. I took on too much business too soon. I, other people were telling me that I was on the road to burnout. So you really have to recalibrate. And I think that's the stressful, but also exciting part of having a new business is creating this like kind of personal board of directors around you who will be honest with you. And will be your, you know, your true serum when you're at a place where you actually like don't even know that you need help. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Cause like, even if you're a solopreneur, you should have advice for like different areas. Like, for, even yeah. for me, like when I, I started this podcast, I didn't start us like on a whim. I actually had the agency help me set up, like get the right equipment and all that. So, Again, I didn't know what I didn't know. So it's similar to you, right? Where you didn't know what you didn't know. So you want to get your personal board of directors to help you so you don't make the same mistakes you did 10 years ago. Totally, exactly. And I think, you know, on the corporate front, there's a lot of cool innovation and change and stuff happening right now. 
So I think for people who are part of the great resignation and are looking for purpose and are looking for change, it's a very exciting time. I think for others who just need a break, good for you, way to be brave. And then for others who just want something simpler, who just want something easier, the fact that they've taken time to recognize that is also really awesome. <laughs> you know? Go through the great resignation for a second. Uh, yeah. yeah. So you're obviously aware of the term. So what's the difference between be impulsively quitting and then quitting with the proper plan? Because I think some people say, oh, I, I don't like this job. I'm going to just quit and like travel the world or like, oh, it's time for me to look for another job. I'm not really happy here. So what's the difference between just like avoiding something and actually having a set plan to do something to move your career forward? I mean, another piece of good advice that I have on a regular basis is don't quit without a plan. Like quitting without a plan is kind of like you're just doing despite yourself. Now, there's a lot of people that have done that and have been successful and good for them. I am a Virgo. I am a planner. I cannot help it. Like that super stresses me out. But I always, if you're going to quit, I always say, make sure you have financially enough money to do so. And also like you have an idea of what you want to do. And if you don't have an idea of what you want to do, you have the plan to take the time to figure out what you want to do and what will actually bring you joy. Because if you're going to quit, quit for something that's great. Don't just quit to quit. Quit for something that is exciting and something that will bring you happiness and something that, you know, I think will bring you money too, right? Like, or, and if not, travel the world. You do you. I mean, but I think if you're going to quit, I recommend quitting with the plan. Yeah, absolutely. And like, what was your plan uh, before you quit your last agency job? Uh, I know you said you, you had some financial savings, so you had a window. Yeah. But what else did you do in terms of the planning stage? I mean, I knew that I was going to start my own agency. So or start my own consultancy. So um, my planning was really just relationship building and getting kind of that really laying the foundation for what it was that I was building and the type of clients that I wanted to work with. I, that's the other thing that's really, again, this is the idea of like the power of no, but I think that's the other thing that's really exciting about having your own company and being a business owner. And if you are a solopreneur, really curating the kind of people you want to work with. Yeah. It's super important to me. I, I, I want to know that when I'm on the phone every day and I'm working with people that I'm learning something, they value what I have to say, and I'm surrounded by people where I enjoy their company, especially if you to be on zoom all day long. Oh, I mean, you better find people you want to talk to. Absolutely. And you, know, you want to have a set date, like this is the day I'm going to quit. So how long of a planning stage do you have? Like a few months, a month? Like what's a good set uh, date for someone to I think, move? yeah. I mean, I think it depends on where you are in your career. I mean, I had been working for 20 years, so I needed some time to like get my ducks in a row. I think if you're more junior, there is more opportunity for you because there are more junior level jobs out there. So I, sometimes you don't need that much time. And the other thing too is, and I, I say this, like, like my career has not been like sunshine and roses. I have been fired from a job. I have been laid off from a job. I have quit from a job. I mean, like, it's very humbling to experience all of those things. And I think that people forget that, like, you know, you can be super successful in your career and have places where you're just not a fit either. So, and it's funny because I think they say, in, they say this in like entertainment and advertising, like if you haven't been fired, you haven't actually worked in the business. Like you have not worked in this industry and you're like, hmm, okay, well, that totally makes sense. I mean, again, again it, it has a lot to do with planning, but I think it has more to do with just finding what makes you happy. And how can people do that self-discovery? Like what they truly are 
like want to do it and be happy about it. Because as a young professional, people tend to focus on more of the extrinsic stuff or materialistic mm-hmm. stuff to make them happy. But that's not really, as they get older, they realize that it's not as much worth as they thought. So what type of self-discovery exercise they can do to truly find out what they really want to do? I mean, I think there, that's a great question. I don't know if I have a great answer. For me, it was working with a coach. I think there's a huge lack in junior level coaching that's not available. That's cost efficient either, in honesty. If there is a business, please introduce me to them because I've got a thousand people that I can send them to. I do think it has a lot to do with like, again, is there a creative lane that's that's interesting to you? Is there a tech lane that's interesting to you? Is there stuff that you're reading about? Is there stuff that you're tweeting about? Is there stuff that like, when you do it, it doesn't feel like work? And I think the reality for for the, the next generation that's kind of coming up as as leaders is that their job has a lot to do with purpose and a lot to do with impact. And what impact am I making? So if you're really, really interested in sustainability and climate change, find a job in that industry where you can not only be making money, but you can also be making impact. If you're really into, you know, girls that code, find a job that's going to help you do that. There are places. I mean, I, I think too, that one of the things that I have found so beneficial in my career is the different company cultures that I've been part of. So making sure that you're vibing on that front too. I know that back in the day, they used to say like, you know, that we're hiring to make sure that they're a culture fit, which I find to be ridiculous because everybody can be a culture fit. And I don't know how you can interview somebody and figure that out that quickly. But I have walked into a company and been like, I feel comfortable here. I like these people. I think I will learn a lot versus walking into a place and not feeling comfortable. A lot of it has to do with really listening to your intuition. That's the one thing that every boss I've ever worked with has said you have an amazing intuition. And I didn't really lean into it until later. And I wish I wish I had listened to it more in my career. So how's your health now compared to before? My health now is significantly better. But I also am doing like all the things. And again, this comes from a place of privilege, but like I have an acupuncturist, I work out, I have a chiropractor, I, you know, I'm, I'm really like, I've really, really leaned into my own mental, physical, spiritual, emotional wellness journey. The thing that I I really want to stress though, is that like what works for one person will not necessarily work for another. I have a huge issue with the fact that when people are burning out, everyone's like, just go home and meditate. Okay. Well, that is the dumbest advice anyone can ever give you because especially when you're in a state of burning out, going home and meditating is impossible. It's very, very, very hard to do. And it's not the silver bullet for everyone. So I think it's hard because when you are struggling, people want to give you immediate advice. Oh my God, take this pill. Or, oh my God, see this doctor. Oh my God, take this class. And what worked great for one person won't necessarily work for someone else. And I think when it doesn't work for you, it actually stresses you out more. So feel open to to trying whatever feels right for you, whether that is meditation, a sound bath, allergy pills, therapy, coaching, you know, there's a, there's a variety of things out there for all of us to try, see what works for you, give it a few try, And if it doesn't work for you, say goodbye to it. It's okay. Try something else. <laughs> We're only here once, man. We got it. We got, we got to take what we can get. Yeah, for sure. And again, I really appreciate you taking the time to discuss your, your story in terms of burning out, going to the ER and then making full recovery and starting your business. But throughout your career, like what was yeah. one big 
lesson that you could share with uh, my audience today on what is like one career challenge or obstacle that you faced and what were the steps that you took to overcome it to get to where you are today? I mean, there are so many. My, my most recent one, the best kind of counsel that I can ever give anyone in a personal professional setting is that to always remember that something that someone else is going through something that you might not be aware of. So I remember being in a situation where my boss clearly had something else going on and I just happened to be in the wrong place at the right time. And he turned that situation around on me and kind of yelled at me for pretty much like an hour. And I just could not handle it. And I just sat bawling. I mean, I was in like my you know mid thirties, hysterically crying in a grown man's office. It was quite embarrassing for everyone involved. And luckily we had coaches and we had people that could really help us through the situation communicating. And as I was getting ready to leave that job, I remember I walked into the office and he said to me, I was just in a meeting and we got some bad news. So anything that I say or kind of communicate with you in this meeting, I just want you to know if it doesn't come across the right way, it's not about you. There's something else going on. And I remember getting up and I remember giving him a hug and telling him, I wish all of our meetings had been like this because if they were, I'd probably still be working at the company. I was so fortunate to have the ability to have a manager who was an amazing communicator and to have coaching that could help facilitate that. Not every job is going to be like that. And I'm sure if you're listening and you are, you know, in a, in a nine to five job, you're thinking I'm a crazy person because there's no way that that your job could ever have that kind of communication. But communication has been the only way through everything that I have ever dealt with in terms of an issue at work. The irony is that I am a communicator. My job literally is like director of communications. And we tend to be the worst communicators when it comes to how we are dealing with people within, within our own industry. So unfortunately, being vulnerable and being honest, I think a lot of people used to say like, that's at home stuff. Don't bring that into the office. Well, the pandemic brought the office into our homes. So we kind of have to flip the switch on a little bit. It seems like when it comes to issues at work, it mainly goes back to transparency and communication. Like when you don't have those foundations, that's when mm-hmm. there's all this conflict and all this uh, political warfare in the workplace. A hundred percent. Now, is there a solve to that? I mean, like, I, I don't know. The, the world is not in coaching. The world is not in therapy. The world is not like, we're all in different phases in that place in our lives and our careers. So I don't know what the future of that looks like in terms of transparent and honest communication and how well that will be received. But if we don't start doing it now, nothing's going to change. So, you know, kind of at that point, it's like throwing throw your hands up in the air and just say like, okay, let's just do this and see what happens. Exactly. Yeah. So again, I appreciate you taking the time today to discuss your journey uh, and your career story. But how can people find you online to learn more about what you do and how you can help? Yeah, thank you. I am on Twitter and Instagram at Good Advice Co. And LinkedIn, Elizabeth Rosenberg. I post, I, th- I feel like I post my most authentic, true stuff there. So uh, following me on LinkedIn is fantastic. All right, thanks a lot. And hope you uh, end the year strong. Thank you. You too. Thank you again to Elizabeth for sharing her story on how stress and career burnout led her to landing in the ER. Career burnout is not a phase. If not looked after and taken care of, it can destroy your mental and physical health as shown in Elizabeth's story. So don't wait to fix the problem. If you start feeling that burnout, 
really dive deep within yourself to see what you can do to solve it so you can pursue a more fulfilling and balanced career. If you want to hear my own personal insights on themes discussed in this episode, make sure to check out ChanCap this coming Friday, available on all popular podcast platforms. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. Again, if you are a professional looking to get to the next level, whether it's landing a new opportunity or growing your career from a relationship or skill perspective, then make sure you join my private Facebook group, Career Advice with Chan with a Plan. As stated at the beginning of the episode, I'll leave a link in the show notes for you to join so you can get daily content on job search tips and career advice to help you get to the next level. Again, this is Chan with The Plan, the podcast. I'm your host, Max Chan, and I thank you for listening.